Have you ever been stuck in a sin pattern and wanted to quit, but you seem to be drawn back to the same sin again and again? Or are you repeating some of the sinful behaviors you saw in your ancestors and you can't figure out why you keep committing them? What you may not know is that you've been set up for these problems. There's a pressure being put on you to continue in these same sins is actually coming from the sinful behavior of your ancestors. Now, that's actually good news, and I'll tell you why it's good news. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. I'm Lee Whitman from Restoring Foundations, and I want to welcome you into our Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. Today's verse is Exodus 20, verse 5, that says, You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. And it's interesting that the words of this verse are repeated three other places in the Bible. Now, when God says something once, it's important, but when he repeats himself, it must be something that he wants us to understand. What we're going to be talking about today is very important to the heart of God and vital for us to understand so that we could live a life of freedom. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about what RTF calls the sins of the fathers and the resulting curses. It is one of the four problem areas that affect each and every one of us. I'll be taking some of today's information from Chester and Betsy Kilstra's wonderful book called Restoring the Foundations, an Integrated Approach to Healing Ministry, and from the RTF book called Healing and Freedom. Both of these outstanding books are available at the online store on our website, restoringthefoundations.org. Let's start by using Chester and Betsy's definitions of the sins of the fathers and the resulting curses. Sins of the fathers represents the accumulation of all sins committed by our ancestors. It is the heart tendency, or the iniquity, that we inherit from our forefathers to rebel or be disobedient against God's laws and commandments. It's the propensity to sin, particularly in ways that represent perversion and twisted character. This accumulation continues until God's conditions for repentance are met. So here's how this works. When a person sins, that sin stands in need of confession. If the person doesn't confess it and receive God's forgiveness, then it is passed down to his children and his children's children until the sin is confessed and God's conditions for repentance are met. People today would respond to the idea that this is happening by saying, wait a minute, I didn't commit that sin, so why do I have to confess and repent for a sin that I didn't commit. I'm not responsible. Well, our confusion comes because we have a mindset that's very individualistic. In other words, we think that only what we do has an effect on us. God, however, sees man in terms of families. He thinks in terms of generations. When he looks at you, he sees you, plus he sees all of your kinfolk, as they say in the South. We see this mindset when God says of himself, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those were three generations of Abraham's family. 
We see another picture of God's generational view of man in Hebrews 7, 9 through 10. It says, Even Levi, who received tithe, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Levi was Abraham's great-grandson, yet this verse says that Levi paid tithe to Melchizedek before Levi was even born. How can that happen? Because in God's economy, he sees us in families, and he looks at us through the generations. So if we're aware of a sin pattern from our ancestors' lives, that sin has created an outstanding debt for our family line that is in need of someone to confess it and repent. Am I saying that you have to confess every one of your ancestors' sins in order for them to be removed? No. But you are to confess the sins that you're aware of that are affecting your family line. And when you confess the sins of your ancestors, the guilt of that sin is cut off from you and from your family line, stopping the curse from continuing to the next generation. There are many examples of this in the Bible. A couple are Nehemiah 1.6 says, praying to God, you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray today before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. You see, Nehemiah was confessing the sins of not only the children of Israel, but the sins of his father's house as well, and God forgave the entire family. There's another example of Daniel confessing the sin of the people of Israel and bringing them before the Lord. If you read Daniel 9, it says in several places, we have sinned, we have rebelled, we have done wickedly. Then in verse 20, Daniel says this, Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mount of the Lord, Now, because Daniel repented on behalf of all of the nation of Israel, God forgave the entire nation. This is what we call identificational repentance. This generational iniquity from your ancestors is resident in your bloodline. It passes from one generation to the next until God's requirements of repentance are met. This generational iniquity puts pressure on the following generations to sin in the same manner as their ancestors. You have experienced this for yourself. You sin and you hate the sin you committed, so you repent and receive God's forgiveness for that sin. Then in hours, days, or weeks later, you commit the same sin. You were very sincere when you repented for that sin, so why would you return to it once again? It's because of the pressure that iniquity puts on you that actually pushes you towards that sin. As long as that generational iniquity is in your life, you will be continually pushed in the direction of the sin. The iniquity, not the same thing as sin, in other words, it is not accredited to you as sin unless you give in to the pressure and act it out. For example, many people have parents who are alcoholics. The generational iniquity of alcoholism is resident in their bloodline from the moment of conception, putting pressure on them towards alcohol abuse. Some who succumb to the pressure and drink to excess activate the curse and this sin of alcoholism becomes theirs. Others have the same generational pressure in their bloodline, but they never give into it, so it's not activated. 
The pressure toward alcoholism is still in their bloodline, putting pressure on them, but for the ones who are able to resist the pressure to enter into alcoholism, the iniquity remains in a dormant state. What RTF ministry to this generational iniquity does is to apply God's solution and remove the pressure that pushes them towards that sinful behavior. Let me give you a personal example. I was born with a generational sin of shame resident in my bloodline. My grandfather was ashamed of being German as a businessman in Michigan during the First World War, so he changed the spelling of our last name from the German spelling, W-I-T-T-M-A-N, to the English spelling, W-H-I-T-M-A-N. From as early as I can remember, I felt like there was something wrong with me. That's shame. I did not have to do very much for that generational iniquity of shame to be activated in my life, and it then became my own sin. I lived with this generational pressure to live in shame until I received Restoring the Foundations ministry and applied God's solution to that sin area in my life. So the sin to the fathers is a bad news, good news situation. The bad news is we all have inherited generational iniquity from our ancestors, so we are all under a curse. The good news is that God has provided a way for that pressure to be broken off by applying what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Leviticus 26, 40-42 describes how to remove the generational iniquity. It says, But if they, talking about us, confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me and that they have also walked contrary to me, if their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, that's repentance, Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. I will remember the land. The pattern here is much the same as 1 John 1, 9, which you might be more familiar with. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus has completely satisfied the requirements of God's judgment through his death on the cross. He has already provided freedom for all of us from the curses originating from the sins of the fathers. Jesus has also already taken the punishment due us for our sin and nailed that to the cross as well. Colossians 2.13 says, Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. All we have to do is appropriate or apply his work on the cross to our lives by faith. When we were going through RTF training, my wife Cindy struggled with the idea of having to confess each of these sins individually. After all, Jesus paid the price for all of our sins on the cross, so it's already done, right? Jesus did it all on the cross. The Holy Spirit led her to the story in Exodus 12 of the Israelites leaving Egypt. God had sent plagues to entice Pharaoh to let the people leave. But after each plague, Pharaoh recanted and refused to let the people go. In the last plague, God was going to send death to the firstborn male in every household of both humans and livestock. He told the Jews to take a perfect lamb into the house, kill the lamb, and take the lamb's blood and paint it over the doorpost of their homes. Then God was going to pass through the land of Egypt, and every house that had the blood on the doorpost, he would pass over. But any house that did not have blood on the doorposts, death would come to the firstborn. 
The Holy Spirit asked Cindy, what would have happened if the people killed the lamb, kept the blood in a bowl in their house, and didn't apply it to the doorpost? Obviously, death would have come to that house, right? He said, that is what you're doing by applying the cross of Christ to each of these areas in your life. You're applying the blood that Jesus already shed upon the cross to each one of these. The $10 word we use is appropriate what Jesus has done for us. It means to apply to your life the incredible work of Christ on the cross in order for these sins and curses to be cut off from you and from your family line. Another example of appropriating or applying what Jesus has already done to your life is in the act of salvation itself. Jesus died for all of mankind, yet the only ones who experience salvation are the ones who appropriate or apply it to their lives. To as many as received him, he gave the right to be called children of God. The ones who do not receive him and do not apply it are not children of God. In our years of doing RTF ministry, we have seen firsthand how these sins of the fathers put constant pressure on people to continue in the same sins. We have never ministered to someone who got into sexual sin who did not have an ancestor who also committed sexual sin, opening the door over their life for the generational iniquity of sexual sin to enter their bloodline. It works the same with many other sin patterns. The sins of our ancestors opens the door for the generational iniquity to put pressure on us to sin in the same way they did. That's why it's necessary for us to confess and repent of the sins of our ancestors, as well as our own sin, so that God's forgiveness and cleansing comes and puts a stop to the sins and curses inherited from our ancestors. Isn't that amazing? God has provided a way out for us. Now, sometimes the iniquity we inherit pushes us towards things like unworthiness, and sometimes it pushes us to escape. Other times it pushes us to try to control everything. It doesn't matter what the sin we are being pushed towards is. Please don't try to simply tolerate it. I know for years I tried to manage my sin, and managing sin is not the same thing as freedom. Jesus came to give us freedom. Don't settle for anything less than that freedom. Father, thank you that you provided a way out for us, that this iniquity, this pressure that comes through our ancestors doesn't have to reside with us. We don't have to put up with it. We don't have to live with it. We don't have to manage it. But we can find freedom by applying your process of confession and repentance and then renouncing and breaking those sins in our life. Thank you for the work that Chester and Betsy put into RTF, Lord. I just pray blessings on them right now as we end our podcast, that you would bless them for all that they have done to take this message of healing and freedom literally around the world. Now, Father, anyone that's listening today, I ask you to reveal your truth to them. Reveal to them any places where they're stuck, any places where they have sins of the fathers that are oppressing and pushing them towards sinful behavior because there's help. They don't have to live with that. They can receive your freedom. So Holy Spirit, keep moving in our lives. Thank you for this time today. And Father, just use it in each one of our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, next week, we're going to pick up and look at ungodly beliefs that are part of our life and how they affect us. 
please don't miss it. It's going to be, uh, you're going to find that you recognize ungodly beliefs in your life after we go through that time. And if you're in a place where you do recognize right now, well, I need some help. I need to get rid of some of the, the generational pressure that's on me. Call our ministry coordinator, or better yet, email the ministry coordinator at ministry at restoringthefoundations.org and set up an appointment with a trained and experienced RTF minister and walk in the freedom, come and do experience the freedom that Jesus Christ died to give you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.